Individual therapy can be such a rewarding process. Unfortunately, a lot of people reject it because they're afraid of the unknown. I am Naya B, therapist, author, speaker, educator, and influencer, and I welcome you to do individual therapy with me. Take this journey and listen as unfiltered and unscripted brave souls heal and share their stuck points. My hope is that someone listening can relate to their stories and get a perspective on how real therapy takes place. Who knows? Maybe one day decide to get some therapy of their own. But when you do, though, just come do it with me, Naya B. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Naya B, and I am back for another session of Doing It With Naya B. Today is so special, and I'm going to tell you why, because I got I got my sis with me. A couple of years ago, she hooked me up. You know, she took a special interest in me, and then we eventually took a special interest in each other. I went on her show. I had such a great time. And so we've just kind of been connected ever since. So I want to give you guys a special, special introduction to my girl, Andrea Jackson. What's going on, Andrea? So good to see you. So good to be here. Still looking like a baby girl. <laughs> ain't looking like a boss. Looking like you're still in high school. How are you, love? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you? You know what? I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm going to be honest. I could say I'm doing great. Today's a good day. I wouldn't say a great day, but today's a good day. It's it's been a better day. It's been a long um, year and a half, two years with the COVID, you know, and, you know, starting a new life after getting divorced for four years and then going back to my ex and, and trying to work it out. And, 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 and now it's finally over. And so just kind of mentally trying to recover from that. Mm-hmm. You know, going back is always a chance, is a risk. Yeah. But sometimes I realize, you know, when you are so used to trauma, you have a problem learning how to really escape from it and truly letting it go because it's what, what you're used to in your mind. As abnormal as it is, is what you're used to in your mind. So I needed some time to just, you know, I'm glad kind of COVID happened because I needed time to really reflect on my life, especially being 45. Yeah. Yeah, this um, this season, this podcast is dedicated to just kind of giving real people real healing, real processes in their real time, you know. And so we've been talking about setbacks, comebacks and, you know, everybody has this setbacks. Mm -hmm. A lot of them don't know how to come back, though. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like, you know, when you were gone, you were taking your time to reprocess. And so you can come back. So tell me a little bit about just. Your process, like your trauma, I remember, you know, you had been married before and then you guys reconciled. And then so take take me back to just when this process for you started and and where you are now. So, you know, I met uh, my ex when I was 17. I had my first child at 19 and then I had my second child at 30. So my kids are 10 years apart. And. This is all I knew. It's not the first man, you know, because like it's my first boyfriend. My first relationship was with him. Um, and he was 11 years older than me at the time. At that time, I did not know his real age until two years into the relationship. And that in itself, I think, has always been a friction in a relationship because it started on a lie you know, and I've always felt like I didn't get a chance to grow. So then it became throughout the relationship fighting for me to be who I am, wear what I want, have the friends that I want, you know, and when you have a child at such a young age, which a man is so much older than you, he's already established. Nobody wants, has his career, blah, blah, blah. 
I'm still learning myself. And now add a baby to that. And now I got to learn her and I got to teach her and I got to show her not to make the mistakes that I made, you know? So I just think I want young people to know when you make this decision, it's a life changing decision forever. Right. And I had to get past that. I'm not that 17 year old girl anymore. I made my choice. I made my bed and I had to lie in it. I think the only great thing that came out of this was our children and how we agreed to raise our children and give them the education that we gave them. But we were never, ever evenly yoked because at 17 years old, I didn't know who the hell I was at 25. I still didn't know who I was. And at 45, I know who I am. I know what I want. I know what my red flags are. I know what trauma I came with. I know what trauma I have caused him and my children. But I also know that when you are taught certain things as a child and certain things are happening to you as a kid, whether you were raped, molested, I've experienced all of that. It affects you. It, it changed your DNA forever. I will never know who Andrea Jackson would have been if that never happened to me from the age of eight to 10. I would never know that. This is just who I am now. And this is what I got to deal with, the after effects. And although we learn, and you know this as a therapist, you teach us how to cope. It's not something that you ever forget. You have triggers, you have things that triggers you. And a lot of these things that happen in young girls, we choose men that may not be physically abusive, but in some format, they're abusive, whether it's physically, emotionally, financially, they're abusive. And so that's what I chose because that's what I knew. And at 45, I know that that's not what I want. You understand? You may have all the money in the world. You may give me security financially, but if you're mentally breaking me down, that's a problem. Uh Right. And that's where the relationship was. And I bring my own stuff. I'm a yeller. I'm a cursor, you know, but that comes from just asking to treat me good. Uh Treat me like a woman. Make me feel pink. Why can't you make me feel this way? Right. And a person can't make you feel that way if they don't feel that way about themselves. Yeah. And that was the, there was no, I could tell you there was some, you know, nasty, facetious thing that happened. No, I just woke up one day and said, he's not going to change. I'm not going to change being in this relationship and I got to get out. Yeah. Right. So it's leaving my home again, starting from you. And you know what? I have a peace of mind. I haven't felt this way in years, you know, and I can't just stay in something for the kids anymore. Brianne is 25. Jay is 15. You know, I was in a happy relationship after my divorce and I walked away from it to give this a chance, knowing deep down in my belly, it wasn't going to work. I knew. Yeah. But like I said, I did the work, but I didn't do the work deep enough for me because if I did, then I wouldn't have made that choice. So I'm taking 100% accountability. A lot of times, you know, and you said some very powerful stuff. Um, What we don't realize is we will spend our lifetime searching, whether we realize it or not, searching for the things we didn't get early on. And I always say that within the first five years of a child's life, they have to have, you know, in order for them to have secure attachments, they have to feel emotionally, physically safe. They have to have their physical needs met and they have to feel a good sense of intimacy, a healthy sense of intimacy. You know, that means caregivers who are going to 
make sure that they're good. We're going to make them feel close. We're not going to shun them for needing a hug or a kiss or who are going to make sure they feel emotionally safe, you know, who are going to make sure that they're physically safe. And so what happens to a lot of youth is that before the age of 12, a lot of them haven't been kept emotionally safe because they haven't been able to express their feelings. They've been told they don't even have feelings. They're too young to feel anything, too, too young to know anything. But what happens when a baby's born, all they do is feel. That's They cry. That's it. That all they can do is express emotion to tell you that's their first language is feeling. But we tell them as kids, you're not supposed to have feeling. You're not supposed to know what that you, you're not depressed. You're not sad. You're not scared. Go have a seat. So now you're not allowed to have a feeling. And let's just say we add trauma to the mix. Someone molesting you, touching you inappropriately. Now you don't feel no sense of good intimacy and you don't feel physically safe anymore and you don't feel emotionally safe anymore. Now, when you think about your psychological needs or physiological needs, I'm sorry, that means your food, clothing, shelter, and depending upon where your perpetrator is, you might not even feel like physiologically you're okay. Mm -hmm. So you add all of that and you bring that into your teenage years. What type of brain do you think is going to be making decisions for you? Mm. So rightfully so, you chose someone who you saw as a protector because that's what a lot of young women see in older men. Someone who's going to meet those needs that we did not get met as a child. And this isn't to say that your parents were horrible or anything like that, you know, but that's just to say that there were some needs that did not get met in you and you saw them being fulfilled in this adult man. And that's why you put a lot of and I was not just you, but a lot of women put the pressure on these men to be this person for me, do this for me, take care of me, protect me, love me, hold me, touch me, you know, curse this person out for me. Why did you let that happen for me? You know, and we come into the, to the relationships with that, not realizing that, yes, this relationship is supposed to be about partnership, not be my parent, be my caregiver, coddle me, hold me. But we go into the relationship with that mindset because of what we didn't get younger. So we grow up chasing those things. And this is where insecurities come in. Because I, I hate it when people say, oh, you're insecure, you're insecure. And they have such a negative connotation to it. Everyone is insecure about something because none of us got 100% of our needs met as children. And we do go into relationships not feeling very confident about certain things. Some of us don't know, oh, am I going to be a great cook? Or what if I, you know, what if he doesn't really like the way I do this? What if he doesn't like the way I do that? And men do it too. What if I don't make enough money for her? What if my body is not good enough for her? What if my penis is not big enough for her? They, we all come into it with something. And we put the pressure on our partners to be that, that end all be all and solution to those things. And I think that's the first step. And so when we don't get it, it becomes familiar to us because we're used to not getting it. So now we start to fawn through that relationship, meaning we just try to adjust to what we're not getting and we try to make it work. But we try to, you know, figure it out because we're like, ah, oh, well, I've survived this long and I haven't had it. So I guess it'll be OK. At least I got something. Yeah. Now we're bargaining with the insecurity. Now we're yeah. bargaining with the lack of confidence. We're bargaining with the emotions. We're bargaining with the things we didn't get because we're like, we're used to this. You know, all right, I'll deal with this. Yeah. And then we add kids to the mix. And now we got to make sure that their emotional needs, physical needs, safety and all that is met because we don't want them feeling like us. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So now yeah. not only have we taught them because they're watching us, 
Mm. Not only are we trauma bonding to our partner and our spouse, not that there's so much as the abuser, because sometimes they don't even realize they're the abusers because they're coming into the relationship, too, with the stuff they didn't get, expecting you to fulfill all these needs. And kind of stuff. so we're you're, right. both just kind of licking each other's wounds mm-hmm. and saying mm-hmm. we're going to make this work. We're going to do the best we can with the resources that we have, not just financially, because see, people think that if you can build together financially, you got it all. Mm-mm. You got to be able to build together emotionally, because if you can't do that part, I don't care how much money you got. You still broke. That's right. Emotionally, emotionally, you still broke mm-hmm. because what you're going to do is start spending to fill that emotional void. I did that. A lot of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so now we have children who didn't ask to be here. Their brains are pure. They're like sponges. They're learning. They're looking. They're watching. Mm-hmm. And we start showing them that, hey, we we we, we just like y'all. <laughs> we learning just like y'all. We're adults, but we're still kids, you know, mm-hmm. and. At some point, our children do surpass us emotionally because they're looking and they're like, oh, we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. No, we don't want our parents to buy. Uh, this ain't what we want. So now they're surviving us. Mm. They're they're trying to figure out why are my parents yeah. insane? Why they keep why don't they just go have a seat? Because it makes sense to them. They looking like, so if y'all don't get along, well, y'all, why y'all together? They they putting two and two together. They're they're using good math. Now we Real doing the bad math because we all emotionally charged. Yes. But you know, kids, they're pure. You know, they come out looking at stuff like that don't even make sense. That didn't even add up. So yeah. why? Now mm-hmm. there are gonna be some kids because what happens is they're gonna start fawning through the abusive environment as well. Mm-hmm. Don't piss mommy off, don't piss daddy off, just do what they say, do what they don't go over here, don't go over there. So now they're adapting. So now this generational curse is forming. Mm-hmm. Because they're learning how to find through hurtful environments and situations. And on some level, as parents, because we're hurting emotionally as first as men and women, we're going to drop the ball as parents. Sometimes we're not going to do 100 percent of everything correct or right. And that one messed up hiccup will scar your kid for life. Let them tell it, you know, and it can realistically it could because we're not perfect. Yeah. And then having to be responsible for our own emotions, which is what you said, then having to go and be responsible for another kid's emotions. And then you're a kid having a kid. So y'all similarly on the same brain, brain wavelength because your brain's not developed until you're 25. Mm-hmm. Their brain's not really developed. Y'all both just emotional. And you got a girl at that, mm-hmm. you know, which means she's going to come with just different sets of needs. Yeah. A different set of understanding, different layers. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a lot. It's a lot for one person to take on. And I don't think that before we even add trauma, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. Because we got to deal with the attachment stuff. Yes. Before we even add the trauma. So when you add attachment stuff, not getting your needs met, plus trauma, starting early in a relationship, being a mom, taking on extra roles. That's a lot for one person. Mm -hmm. I don't think we give enough credit and compassion to that. I really don't. I don't give it to myself. You know, I, I literally did a TikTok a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. And I, I, I had a breakdown and I wanted to tape it, not because I needed a pitter patter or a hug, but I wanted to tape it to show other women and men. I know I'm not the only one that has these moments. 
I know I'm not the only one that feels like I'm not compassionate to myself, but I have compassion for other people. I will drop everything for work, for the kids, for this one, for that one. And I don't pour into myself. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sitting here feeling empty Mm -hmm. and dry. And my my throat is parched because I have nothing left to, to, to drink for myself. Right. And a lot of people... I mean, hundreds of people responded like, oh, my God, I was feeling like this and I was too embarrassed to say something. And then I had other people reach out to me and say, well, do you think you should be putting that, you know, out in social media? Well, do you think what do you think your job is going to think? Well, what is your family going to think? It's like my sister is dead because she felt she couldn't do what I did. Yeah. So I did it and it made me feel better. There's healing and transparency. I tell people that all the time, but, you know, folks don't Mm -hmm. listen. You know, they're ashamed of their own feelings and emotions. And that's kind of what I was speaking about when people kept shaming. I'm reading the comments and people are shaming Kanye West. And I said, one minute we got to say mental health matters. But then the next minute we shame you for having a mental health moment. That doesn't even make sense. Yes. I'm like, you guys don't even understand how much you reject your own emotions, that it offends you when other people are expressing theirs. Why are you so bothered by my breakdown? What is triggering you? What's evoking in you? That you had to ask me, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Worry about your feelings. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. It really, really pisses me off when I see the hypocrisy of it all. Let do me have my it, moment. Do you feel as a, as a therapist, do you feel it's just in our community more? Because I find. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to let you finish that statement. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and this was what I talked about on my IG live. You know, I did a series for Black History Month. I did Black people problems the first week, Black mothers and the calling of their sons the second week, Black fathers and enabling their daughters. And then I did Black friendships and the new loyalty. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was for each, each Thursday. And what we talked about was just the cultural aspects of just being a Black person. The struggles we got to deal with internally before we even talk about racism. We didn't even get, we had about eight problems that plague the black community before we even talked about racism. Racism was last on the list. Part of the issue is the lack of compassion that we have for ourselves. And the reason being, one, we don't see the value in ourselves. We don't really know that we are viable of having emotions. And we think we have to just be, you know, and I don't even want to say that we think we have to be strong or tough all the time. I think that we're so used to tucking things away and sucking Mm. it up for quote unquote acceptance that when we see someone actually living in their truth, we're offended Yes, because we can't do that. Yes, And people are so upset because, you know, what what they say, you know, I hate the phrase crabs in the barrel, you know, all that. But the reality is people look at you sometimes, especially in the black community, they say, if I can't have it, you can't have it. Mm. So if I can't cry, you can't cry. Mm-hmm. If I can't feel, you can't feel. Who are you? If I can't win, you can't win. If I can't talk about my secrets and my dirt, who are you to talk about your secrets and your dirt? Yeah. Be miserable just like me mm-hmm. so we can go on about our business and hustle mm-hmm. and get this money until we crack and die. Then we can go smoke and drink it off. Mm-hmm. Maybe go pray a little bit. Yes. Come back mm-hmm. and go on, on with our addictions. Yeah. Or maybe go shoot the next person because we feel like they stole something from us. Come on now. I mean, absolutely. We are definitely ones who feel like we have to uh, keep up this image for quote unquote acceptance. And Mm. it's not even so much as acceptance of ourselves. It's the acceptance of other people that we they don't give a fuck. Like 
they ain't they don't care no no so we're too busy trying to be you know a part of this majority culture that we Mm. think that we're going to look some kind of way how about the way we look to ourselves Mm. look at our own communities you should be concerned about how you look to yourself yeah you should be concerned about what you see when you look in the mirror it's the same reason why we change our voices a lot of times when we get in front of certain people But when you're talking to your people, you can speak slang. You can say whatever. You can mispronounce words, use adjectives wrong. You can do all of that. But yet when you get in front of others Mm. because you want acceptance, you switch it up. Switch it up. The same reason why they reject your feelings is the same reason why they speak to you in that language. You know what I'm saying? It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same, but we don't want to, you know, really own that. But absolutely, as a therapist, listen, we expect so least of ourselves. I remember when I was teaching Mm -hmm. and I had a student that says, you know, she's like, Professor Brown, you know, I just knew this was going to be an easy A. That's why I took your class. I saw that your name was such and such. And I, excuse me, ma'am, I don't give out easy A's. You will learn in this course Wow. or you will fail. And that's just that. Wow. This is college. You will fail. (laughs) <laughs> if you think you're about to come in here and not learn a damn thing from okay. me because I'm black. Okay. Or think that. you're going to get a pass because you're black too. No, sis, I'm going to be on you a little harder. This behavior, and I need you to break this down to me as a therapist. Is this just learned behavior? Is this something we've gathered from society? Is this something we've gathered from our ancestors? That we didn't gather this from our ancestors. Our ancestors wasn't like this. And we think about, you know, when you when you think about just the, the, the history and the culture of just black people in general, mm-hmm. we, we come from a place of just artistry. We come mm-hmm. from a place of high education, togetherness, yeah. mm-hmm. bonding. We bartered for everything. You know, you have how cool and collaborative you have to be to barter with your neighbor. And that's all you got for real. OK. Is a resource and a tool and a skill. So what happened was they replaced all those skills, took them from us and put money involved. Right. So now people are fighting over money, money. Right. So now no more more ancestors because money becomes the fucking ancestor. You know what I'm saying? So now they take everything that you have, put these little scraps. I say it's like musical chairs is what I call it. Put a few Mm -hmm. chairs out there and all these people and watch you fight over them. And so now we got, I want to be the only one, the best one, the major one, the, you know, and we don't expect much of ourselves because we think, oh, the struggle's hard. So be easy on them. Mm-hmm. So it is a learned behavior mm-hmm. and in a sense of a learned mindset. And that's what culture does. And that's what being in the same environment, doing the same thing with the same people all the time. You just learn. It's like, it's just like a toddler. If every morning their parent gets up, do the same thing and cut on the TV, grab some coffee, go back to the couch, that toddler is going to do the same thing because that's what they're learning through imitation, through modeling. Mm -hmm. And so when you when they start communicating and speaking, this is why I teach a lot of the parents when I'm doing parenting classes, speak Mm -hmm. to your children in a way that you would want them to speak as adults. Yes. And I don't mean curse at them. I mean, tell them what the proper body parts are. I mean, speak English. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Kill the nicknames. Yes. Because society is not going to know them by their nickname. They need to know. You know how many kids don't know their real names because their parents are constantly calling them little Pookie, little Nene. Oh, that's little. What's your real name, baby? 
It's too much. Too much. So now you got the toddlers who act like the parents who act like, and they're just learning. Then the expectations of when the toddlers begin to become school age and they start seeing things outside of their four walls and they come back home with this knowledge and new information and they're told, you can't feel that. You can't think that. You can't have a matter of fact, you're going to get a whooping if you do this, or you're going to get a whooping if you do that, or you're going to. So that part of them is tucked away. So now they're like, I can't even be me. Can't be yeah. I can't be me. And I also learned that I have to please you to stop getting up, to stop from getting a whooping. Right. So what yeah. happens, yeah. they find themselves as adults yeah. pouring into all these other people still waiting for a return on the investment of being a caretaker. Because they learned early on, I need to ignore what I want so that you could be happy. Yeah. So now as an adult, that's the culture. That's what we're doing. Don't say nothing. Don't do nothing, but give your all because at some point the universe might give it back. If you pray, God going to return it to you. Mm. Mm. No, no, right. No. (laughs) How do we, how do we, you know, how do we teach something different? Because although you and I think this way, I don't see it changing. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm 45 and the stuff that I see out here in New York, I'm shocked. I'm appalled. I grew up in a hood. I grew up like this. I don't understand why I wanted to do better for my child and my children. And you don't. My father died and he couldn't read. I don't understand why you would not want to do something different for your kids. If your dad or your mom couldn't read. Well, number one, it's, it's you have to have the desire, okay? And you have to know that there's a, that it's valuable to you. If it's not valuable, then you're not going to work at it. So that's why part of it is systematic. Part of it is, this is part of the reason why certain things get put in certain environments because of how they want the structure to go. That's number one. So that's on a more macro level, right? But we speak in micro because only way we can change it, like you and I, yes, we know better, but I also came from an environment that was very much like the ones we're talking about. I had a desire to do better. And the only way I was going to, only way I learned about that other desire was exposing myself to different things. So when I started stepping outside of the South side of Chicago and 94th and Racine, and I'm like, everybody can't be on drugs, alcohol. It ain't everybody can't be a crackhead up in this. Everybody can't be, you know, and I realized I wanted different things. And here I am doing the same thing that my grandmother did and my mother did having my baby young. You know, I had my son at 16. Mm-hmm. And here I am in the streets fighting all the time, getting into it, choosing the wrong man. And I'm fighting them, too. And I'm thinking it's normal because, hey, what you do when you come from the city, you boxing. That's what you're doing every day. You boxing, fighting for survival. You either fighting because you're a pretty girl at school or you fighting because the boys like you or you fighting because, hell, somebody says something to you that just wasn't right. You need to show them. Don't you talk right. to me like that. Right. It's, it, it becomes your culture. So right. I'm like, here it is. I'm I'm finna have a son. His dad has gone to prison. And I'm like, I, I don't want my son going to prison, too. There's got to be another way. So mm-hmm. I started to research the other way so that I could change the 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 system. And that's where change comes in. It starts with you. So you've given your kids another opportunity by doing something different. You made sure they could read. You made sure you knew how to read. So now your generation's changed. Mm. Now they're going to make sure their kids can read. And so and that's how it changes. That's how it shifts. Unfortunately, we can't save everybody and we can't help everybody and we can't make people want to the knowledge. Yes. I hate the phrase, say a lot of other people in the back. Why? Because they're not listening. They're in the damn back. 
Mm-hmm. Why would I shout and scream and yell and say it louder for motherfuckers who talking at the bar? I'm going to talk to the people who sitting right here in front of me because they're the ones who came to get the message. Amen. So when you say, how do we change this? Because I see what's happening here. I see what's happening. They have to want it. And that's how you protect your sanity and and, and you self-care in your life is by mm. speaking to the people who want to listen. Mm. Mm. Yes. I'm not about to talk to anybody who I got. I say, if I have to tell you more than once or ask more than once, it's begging. <laughs> I'm not doing it. That's right. I'm not. If I got to tell you a few times, hey, come to this, come to that, come to my workshop. Come. The people that show up for my IG lives every Thursday are the people who want to do better and want to protect their mental health and want to learn more and want to. The people who follow me are people who want the information. I'm not searching going out here for followers. I wait till I get my 2030 when they ready. That's right. Look at that. I started with zero. I have fifteen hundred now. OK. Yeah. There is going to grow. The more people who want the knowledge, the more people are going to come and get the knowledge. I'm not chasing nobody for knowledge. I'm not. What? When do we ever in life have to force somebody to do something they want to do? You're right. You don't. You don't. When I'm yeah. teaching these young parents how to be moms, they show up to the groups because they want to know. I, my mm-hmm. baby is two. She's fighting in school. I don't want this for her. Teach me. Show me. All right. Have mm-hmm. a seat. Yeah. That's how that changes. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, when we first met, I knew why we first met because there was a liking. There was a similarity that we had. We were both young moms, but we came from some rough spots in life and we were determined to do something different for our children. We were determined to do something different for ourselves. And even as I talk to you now, I'm like, that's a gem. Okay, I need this. I can apply this. I can use this. And you are so necessary. You are so necessary and you're so needed. And I love to hear you say, if you want the information, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not going to give up in what my purpose is. You knew what your purpose was. You went to school over and over, degree, 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 degree to get where you are. Here's the information, but I'm not going to chase you to give it to you. You won't have to want it. That is important. Yeah, that is so important to hear because I'm a chaser and I waste time chasing. Oh no! So, heels be my running shoes. I'm not gonna mess up my heels. I'm not doing that. Oh. Still, <laughs> you want the knowledge? You better come get it because it's free. It's free. All you gotta do is is follow, scroll, tap a button. If you don't want to do that, mm. I can't help you because I'm not the problem. If you too, if, if you are too busy to scroll, tap, use your finger, mm. then you don't want the information because it's free. It's for free. It's free. It's free. Wow. Wow. This is this, you know, it's conversation. I, I love how it's so organic. I love how we're talking a little bit about everything. I mean, I just want to get to a place of worthiness with myself. That's what I'm really, really working on right now. Am I worthy? Why do I go through these moments of feeling not worthy, not worthy of the career that I have, not worthy of the money that I make, not worthy of feeling that I can find love again? I mean, I'm 45. I'm in a hopeless romantic. I I mean, I I believe I loved my husband at some point, Uh but I feel I never had the love that I want, that I give and that I feel I deserve. Uh And in order for me to get that, I really feel like I can't get that until I feel that I'm really worthy 
of it. So my focus right now is worthiness and how could I get there? I, I need you to help me or give me some tools because I mean, I'm in therapy twice a week. Uh-huh. I've been in therapy. I journal, I tape, but I still struggle with that really, really heavy. Yeah. I think part of it is going back, not... <laughs> I think part of it means to go back and resolve some of those things that made you feel ugly on the inside or made you feel less worthy. And it could be having gone through the trauma. Maybe there's some blame there that you took on yourself that you didn't have to take, you know, maybe carrying other people's baggage that wasn't necessarily yours to carry, but you, you took it anyway. And now it's, you know, when you look in the mirror, that's part of what you see, because I could tell you all day that you're worthy and you could get off of here and go be like, girl, you know, that's you blowing smoke up my head, you know, mm-hmm. and part of it also is seeking proof to support the fact that you're dope. You know, imposter syndrome is a real thing, especially for successful black women, because we've been told so long we're too strong. We're too this. We're doing too much. Bring it down a notch. People who are intimidated by our success or who may see our success as a reflection of their failure is going to tell us to sit down. Mm-hmm. So you got to consider the source of the people that's telling you to sit down and seek proof to support the fact that you're dope. Look at the many people that, you know, have said, because see, what we'll do is we'll we'll give too much attention to the people that's telling us to sit down. But we don't pay attention to the people that say stand up. You had a hundred some people in your comment section saying you inspire me. You did this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fuck the people that was like, why did you say this? Uh, look at the comment section. That's why I said it. And that's the proof that you have to look for to mm. increase your level of worthiness. You got to seek out, trust me, relationships, especially when you love people, when you love the wrong person, it gives them you know, power over you that you didn't really realize. Right. So let's say that that person that you gave this power to is not happy with themselves. Right. They're not they're not great, but you have dedicated your life to wanting to make sure that they're happy, especially if you come in happy because you just want everybody else to be happy. That's what happy people do. Mm-hmm. Happy people want everybody else to be happy. It's just a natural trait. That's just what endorphins do. Mm-hmm. So when you love somebody who you see isn't really loving themselves, you're like, no, baby, dude, I can do this. I can do that. I can, you know, but see, the reality is they're going to bring you down before you pull them up. Oof. Because your ability to be happy and find joy and, you know, to be to see the positive and everything and see the good and everything. Oh, they're going to cut you down, baby. They're going to make you feel like you ain't shit. You doing too much. Tone it down. You're getting on my nerves. You're irritating me. So the happiness in us wants them to be happy. So we start toning it down. We start bringing it back because we don't want them uncomfortable because we love them. and We want them to be happy like we're happy. So we're thinking if we just do X, Y, and Z. So now we're finding through an abusive situation because we can't be our best selves and being our best selves pisses you off. But what we don't realize is that you were pissed off when you came in the door. You were Mm. pissed off when you woke up. You was pissed off when you said, hello, what's your name? Because you were seeking something in me to make you feel validated. Mm. Amen. Right. Uh. So we don't consider that. So we have to consider the source of the people who are telling us to sit down. Mm. we have to seek out evidence to support the fact that we're pretty dope, whether it's the fact that we survived motherhood or the fact that our kids are doing well and they're respectful and they say, please, and thank you. And they go out and make money and they do people who ain't worthy. Don't raise kids like that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We got to look at the credentials, look at the lives that we're changing. Look at the fact that, Hey, we're still here. 
We have all this stuff that have happened to us. You see how people are just taking their lives every day, all day. And the stuff that we've gone through, obviously, are things that people couldn't last a day getting through. Girl. So you're <laughs> worthy because you still standing and you like, hey, I went through that. But guess what? I still got up and I tried. I still got up and put on my makeup. I still got up and got dressed. I still got up and did a photo shoot knowing that I had all these these demons and skeletons lurking mm. behind me. Mm. That's that's worthiness because people who, who people, listen, let me tell you something. You are. Spitting let me let me tell you something. People who don't have the skill set can't mm. do that. Mm. It takes a, a certain type of person mm. to keep going mm. and keep doing despite all the bullshit they've been through. Because see, bullshit can make you feel like this is what I'm destined to. Some people just, you, you hear it all the time. They'll say, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Yeah, you know, it's not true. Because what happens is our brains have been conditioned to seek out the bad luck. Yes. And ignore the fact that we had some good luck. The fact that I just told you that if it wasn't for any bad luck, it'd be I would have no luck at all. The fact that I could tell you that says that obviously I experienced good luck because I'm still standing here talking to you. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I've been getting through this bad luck, but we don't look at that. Nope. We don't look at that. I feel like I'm a pessimist. And my, my kids have told me this for many, many years. And I'm really trying to change my thought process. Like when I get up in the morning, the first thing I say is I woke up this morning. Thank you, God. Yes, I'm tired, but thank God I got a great career. You know, that I'm, I'm my own boss in my own right, in my own way. Although I have an employer, I'm a boss. I'm running the shit mm -hmm. and their world ain't going to move without me moving in it. Mm -hmm. But when I say that on the flip side, I still feel like, is this what I meant to be doing? Is this my purpose? Because I feel like I got the kid in private school, the kid in boarding school. I got to pay this. I got to have this. So I got to have this job that pays me this type of money, but am I happy with what I'm doing? I look at you and I see somebody and it's it, it's it's an, a, a thing in the eye, mm -hmm. a glow of this is my purpose. I feel good here. I love what I do because what it pays me. But I don't like what it does because it doesn't make me feel good inside. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where the struggle in my mind comes. And I have a daughter who's 25 and she's doing what she loves. She's supposed to go to law school, finish undergrad. And she was like, well, if y'all not paying for it, then I don't even know if I really want to be a lawyer, <laughs> you know. But then she started dibbing and dabbing and she found her purpose. And every day I talked to her, I was like, how was her work was great. Things are great. And it's because she's in her purpose. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And she said to me last night, when are you going to start pouring back into you? The money in what you really love and like to do will come if you give it a chance. Yeah. COVID happened, mom. I understand you want to put the book out. So put the book out now. Go back to your podcasting. Go back to what brings you joy. But it's the fear. The fear, what if I fail? She said, and what if you win? Right. You got to consider that. If you're going to consider the losses, you got to consider the wins. Otherwise, it's bad math. 
So <laughs> it's bad math. Bad math. <laughs> you know, one of the things I heard you say as we've been talking is that you have your purpose has been serving other people for so long that you forgot to serve yourself. So even even in the process of you working this job, because that's the difference between a job and a career. Job pays bills, job makes sure everybody has a way. Career, mm-hmm. it does it all. It doesn't even feel like a job. You just, you get up, you do it. It's like drinking your coffee. You just, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out where you were the first time you decided mm-hmm. to put somebody else before you. <laughs> and when you get to that spot, Ask yourself, what was what what would I have chosen if I didn't choose this? And and that's your purpose. And you got to go back and feed that. You got to start being intentional about feeding that. Mm-hmm. When I started struggling in my family and I realized I'm constantly fighting, getting arrested, I'm like, I'm a woman, I'm a little girl. I'm out here wearing baggy clothes, preparing for the day to fight. What what the hell am I doing here? You know, I'm getting up every day, putting on, you know, my gym shoes. Because if you're from Chicago, it's gym shoes. I'm uh-huh. up here putting on my gym shoes and my sweater and my baggy jeans because I'm about to got to be ready for a fight. And, you know, then it's like I had this kid. I was fighting pregnant. Let me just tell you how much I was out here banging oh. and I'm pregnant. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm out here. laughs> memories over I'm here. I'm out here fighting and I'm pregnant and I'm like. So then he's born and you, we all know his moms. And, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't know what I was going to do with him. I'm like, oh man, I still don't, I'm five months pregnant, still deciding, am I going to be a mother or what I'm about to do? And mm-hmm. at some point I'm like, well, he here, he coming. Yeah, I had him. And I think I had a fight with his dad, mm-hmm. um, a physical fight. Mm-hmm. He was smoking. And he started smoking weed and, and blowing the smoke in the baby face. Say, oh, you got me. And I started banging him like you ain't about mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So at that point, I said, I have to do something. And my mother's standing around and she's like, she sees this fight happening. Right. And she's like, well, what you say to him? What you mm-hmm. do? Like it didn't even at that point. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is this? Yeah. You, what you just you do. Right. She's like, what yeah. you say to him? What you do? Because in her mind, if you preserve a man, you win it because you need you. If you preserve this man, you preserve this relationship because she like, well, at least he here with his son. Your daddy left me hanging, blah, 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 blah. And the other thing is this. We got to watch the narratives our mamas give us because they don't tell us the truth. They don't. They don't they tell don't. us the truth. They just they tell don't. us the daddy didn't walk on. I'm like, I see my daddy all the time. Then when I got older, I said, mama, you 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 fuck his best friend. Because you ain't uh. tell me that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But anyway, that's another story. Rest her soul. Um, so at that point, I realized I'm living out your purpose. Yes. Not by not. having this, having this losing ass man around my kid. Mm-hmm. That's your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because I shouldn't be in here fighting no no dude every day and I got a baby and you up here standing here. What you say? Girl, listen. You're right. Your purpose was to have a man. That ain't my purpose. That's so true. I went to school told my counselor everything I was going through. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm tired. I don't want to keep fighting. I just don't. There's no, I don't care what I want to fight my mother. I don't want to fight these chicks who to think whatever. Cause I, it was annoying. Right. Then I got this kid here and then I'm raising him and these streets are not going to be nice to him. It's not. What am I going to do? 
Yeah. So she was like, well, you know, you're really smart. Believe it or not, as much as you get suspended and kicked out of this bad boy, you come back, take a final. And she's like, you're great. You're, you're great. You are still in the top 50 of your class right now. Wow. With all your jacked up attitude and behavior, what you going to do with that education? Because that's the talent right there, baby. Facts. I said, OK, well, what, what do we what do we do with that type of education around here? What do I do with that? She's like, well, if you ever consider college, I'm like, hmm. Nobody in my family finished high school, let alone college. What, what are you talking about? So I was the first to finish high school. Then was the first to go on to finish getting a bachelor's, then a master's, then a certificate, then a license, then, a, you know, it. So now my son, he's 26. He's the first male in my family wow. who have a master's degree and no freaking kids. When I tell you my purpose was to be honest, I got to tell my story. My purpose was to stop letting people bullshit me. My Mm. purpose was to educate everybody else who was in these situations and didn't know how to go talk to their counselor. Mm. My purpose was Mm. to stop letting my Mm. mother's desires to have a man become my desires. Men get on my damn nerves, to be honest. I love them. They're purposeful. Yes. But I'm not doing a damn thing because of them. Right. Right. And and maybe that's, you know, hey, my venom in a sense. Maybe maybe one day I need to learn how to be more. <laughs> well, I'm going to do this for my man. Now, I've seen the show. I ain't doing nothing for my man. Not like that. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> you know, but you know what? <laughs> what I you think- have done for your son to hear him have his master's degree now how you were a young mom, how you had that grit and that determination that I was going to change it for him. It's the same grit I had for Brianna and Jackson. And so when I look at them today, I say I did my job. I did my freaking job. I broke the chains in that. And now I got to break the chains for me. Mm -hmm. Now I got to, I poured into all of them. I poured in, I got to pour into me. Oh yeah. It's my time to pour into me and find my worthiness and really own it. Uh Like you're owning yours. I have to get there and it's going to take time and I got to do the work. So I know right now I can't get the love that I want to build with someone until I build that love with myself. I just got to continue doing the work. And I know that it's not going to be easy. Not at all. But you also have to be honest. Honest. And you got to be ready to to see the part of that. I think people don't want to do for real is face ostracization. Choosing you means being ostracized. Choosing you means spending some time by yourself. Mm. Choosing you means missing out on the party, missing out on the information, not being a part of the clique. Being okay with not being a part of the clique. That's what real leaders, that's how they made. That's what I've been doing. You know? I've been invited to so much shit. And it's like, I'm not ready. I don't want to put on makeup and put my damn wig on and pretend. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I need to do me. And doing me is staying here in serenity, writing, thinking, going back to the past, mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. And saying, I don't feel worthy because of this. At what point am I going to say it's nothing that I did to deserve what happened and I can't change it, nope. but I am worthy. Yeah. You know, so like talking to you really helps me think things out 
And like you said, showing myself some grace and some empathy because I'm very hard on myself. So having a person that has been there knows what it looks like is a therapist have the right tools because sometimes now we have our therapists, but they have not had those experiences and it's hard for them to really give true advice that works when they have not had those experiences. And that's what I've realized in therapy. Yeah, absolutely. It's eye opening. And sometimes when you're, you think you're going in for a certain mission, but then you find Mm -hmm. out, Oh, this, this, this not even what I signed up for, but I got something out of it. I got something greater out of it. You have to also watch the intention. What's the intention? What are we doing here? What's the purpose? And like you said, you know, you lost your purpose. Well, we all lose ourselves the minute we decide to, to give the best of us to other people. Mm. You can't do that. People Mm. are people. People be peopling. You can't give yourself to people. You cannot. I don't know why that hits me so deep. I don't know. It hits so deep because it's so true. Right. That's how I feel. We've been told in this world (laughs) and you got to think about the messages, the messages that we have been taught. Who do they benefit? You know what I'm saying? Who they benefit? You got to start thinking, why is this a message? Why is this steady being represented? Why does this keep coming up? Who does this benefit in the end? Because this don't sound, this, this, this don't even make sense. Why would I take all of myself and give it to another human being who haven't even given themselves to themselves? Don't even, that don't even, that's like me taking all the money out of my damn bank account and putting it in somebody else's bank account and hoping they give me that shit back. <laughs> That don't even make sense. Like, crazy. Sounds crazy. Sounds crazy as hell, but we do it with our emotions. But I, but I do it. We do it with our emotions. We do it with our time. We do it. That's just as valuable, if not more, because we can't get that back. Mm. Relationships are about partnership. Marriage is about partnership. It's a business. That emotion shit is a plus. Why do you think they let cousins marry each other? Because it was about keeping money in the family. Mm. <laughs> So when you give your emotions to someone, you got to make sure that they're feeding you back in your way or else it's not even worth doing it. Girl, this is why you do what you do. Thank you, sis. Because you are really, you know, people say, well, you should know that. It's like, there's a lot of shit I don't know. No, you shouldn't know. Who was going to tell you? A lot of shit I don't receive. Who was going to tell you? The only reason why I know is because I watched my mama make a series of bad mistakes and and realized that. And I didn't realize until she passed. This Mm. was because she didn't get what she needed from her mother. Mm. And so she tried to get it fulfilled in men, Mm. which a lot of women do. A lot of women think, well, I didn't get it from this. So let me go get it from that. And they spend their lives chasing it. And so when it happens to no avail, they try to find it in a bottle, in a joint. And, you know, it's, it's, it's constant searching. And then if you've been used and abused and mistreated and somebody told you, get over it, then you start telling yourself that you're not even worth feeling the way you feel. You have no right to be sad. You have no right to be, you know, scared or hurt. Or you have no right to tell a motherfucker no. Mm-hmm. You start telling yourself that. And you're like, well, if I just give it one more shot and I just do it this time and I do this and I go at it, then maybe this is my time. Maybe God's going to bless me because I chose this. I chose that. No, God bless a child that's got his own. And that means feeding yourself first. 
It's mm. not selfish, it's self-care. Mm. When you're confident, when you have an abundance of things, when you're doing okay, you attract people with the same stuff. Mm. But because we're so busy trying to help, we go get the bruised, broken motherfuckers. And we like, well, we just want to build you up and make you feel good. And make... Let me tell you something. A bruised, broken person is totally different when they're whole made and put together. Woo. They're not the same people. Okay. I ain't building shit. Mm. You need to come already downloaded. Mm. I need to see you in your space of made because mm. you're a different person mm. than you are not made. When you're not made, you're in survival. That means the decisions that you're making are for the here, the now, and to get you to the next step. But when you're in your final step, you decide differently. You make different decisions when, you, when you're made, when you're self-actualized. You give from a different level of giving. You love from a different perspective. Mm. Because now it's about choice, not obligation. Not obligation. When you're broken, you do a lot of shit out of obligation. Yeah. When you're whole, you do a lot of shit out of choice. And I'd rather a man choose me or my friends choose to hang out with me or people choose to say, I'm going to be with Nia B because it's what you want to do, not because it's what you have to do. Naya, wow. Wow. That's so, a word. That's a sermon. That's straight <laughs> truth. You have to look at the intent and, and be intentional and purposeful and feeding your soul, whatever that may look like. And then you will, you'll figure out the rest. It'll come naturally. <laughs> it will. But when you thinking about other people, what they're going to say, what they're going to do, you'll talk yourself out of some shit real quick. That's what I've been doing. And I, and I, I like I said, I take full accountability of that. I have the right to choose me. I have the right to say who I want around me and who I want to give to and who I want to accept from. I have that right. That's yep. my right. Yep. And it don't mean that you mad or bitter because you're doing it. You're, you're just taking care of yourself. It's just like, would you let anybody just in your house? No. So no. won't let anybody in your soul. Mm. We mm. protect things more than we protect ourselves. That's stupid. Stupid. It's backwards and stupid. Yeah. Don't even Straight make sense. <laughs> no chaser. <laughs> just giving it to me. But I'm rooting you know. for you, girl. I'm rooting for you. And you know, you got a friend in me. You got a sis in me. You got a therapist in me. All of that. So you mm-hmm. can definitely hit me up anytime. And I hope that you are ready to start your journey with feeling your worth, feeling that void, and recognize that it can't come from anybody but you. And you have to have that spiritual backing because without faith, the, the work you're doing is dead anyway. Anyway, you got to have some faith in you know that it's going to work out and know that when you bet on yourself, you will, you will win. You can't be out here betting on other people and their horses. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm -mm. You don't know how that horse was raised or was taught. You better not. Right. And that's what I've been doing. I've been betting on other people's shit and that's their shit. It ain't mine. No. Start betting on Andrea Jackson. Exactly. Because here's the thing. If you sitting at home and you hungry, a whole bunch of like you got a closet full of food. You got all type of stuff you cook. Are you going to keep calling somebody and telling them bring you something to eat? No, no. Just cook something. You just gonna cook something. It's the same way you got to be with your emotions and your feelings and your purpose. Because mm. they be out there and they done ate already. They they <laughs> so they taking their time to get back to you with your food. You get your food. It's cold. 
It was like, oh, oh, I ate early. That's how that's how it is when you're asking people to meet your needs. If you need it, don't ask for it. Go get it because it's a need of yours. And people will make you feel bad for having your needs. Mm. If I need a hug, guess what? I got a goddamn body pillow and a, a weighted blanket and, a <laughs> you know, like and a, and a heater. I need warmth and comfort. I'm going to get it. And yes, it's nice sometimes to have it from human beings and other people. But what happens when you when you're by yourself? Yeah. What happens when everybody go on for the weekend or you don't you still got to find a way? Wow. That's what happiness is. I got a whole therapy session that I really that put me in a better space of thinking. And sometimes it's all the time It's actually necessary to hear it from someone that has nothing to gain out of the situation, but watching you grow and learn and heal and thrive. And that's what I feel about you, Naya. I mean, you're so special. You have always Thank been. You. We've never physically met and we've been trying to do some things together but then COVID. Yeah. I really think we're slowly coming out of this, but this was really a treat today. It was, I enjoyed it. I'm definitely getting myself to New York this, this summer for sure. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to come here and and bring your knowledge here because we damn sure could use it. There's a lot of sisters that I know that even if we hold something in my banquet hall in my building downstairs, they would love it. They need it. We need it. You're necessary. I appreciate you. Thank Um, you. The rawness, the rawness matters and we need that. And I think sometimes we spend a lot of time in therapy with people that just listen with their book and their pad. And then we have people that's going to hold us accountable and say what it is. Yeah. And that's what I got today. And so I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you too so much. I'm glad that you came and I I needed this conversation. This was really, this was really good. Like I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you. I love all the work that you do. And so if you want people, cause you're going to get back on with the podcast and you're going to get back on with. So if you want people to find you, check you out, where can they do that? They can find me at Andrea P. Jackson underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my website is andreapjackson.com and my podcast, which I am putting out starting next week, Sunday, is Our Mirrors Reflections and you can find me on any type of, I'm on everything. So check me out, check out my past four seasons. I really think that you're going to see something different uh, in the upcoming season. Awesome, awesome. And you guys know where to find me, author. Wait, what is my handle? Oh, author underscore Naya underscore B. That's right. I almost forgot. I got so engulfed in Andrea's work. I'm like, yeah. So yeah, you guys know where to find me. Catch me on the flip side and I will catch you guys next session. And thank you, Andrea, for doing it with Naya B. Thank you, Naya.